Hello, and welcome to the Eisner Amper podcast series on how private sector vendors can collaborate with the Department of Veteran Affairs and other government agencies. I'm your host, Dr. David Chulkin, the ninth secretary of the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs. And I'm joined by my colleague from Eisner Ampner today, Ron Dreskin, who's a partner of the Health Services Group. The reason we're doing this podcast is because that we believe that government works best when it partners with the private sector. Yet it's not always easy for companies that want to help government to find a way to contract with them. They're intimidated. So often they don't try or they try, but they're doing it the wrong way. So what we're hoping to do is to shed some light on how best to work with government so everyone can benefit from all the great companies out there. And so I'm pleased to co-host this podcast today with Ron in order to create more efficient government services for everybody. And joining us today, it's a special pleasure to welcome Charles Catlin, who's the CEO and co-founder of Polaris Genomics, which I think you're going to find fascinating. Polaris Genomics is a service-disabled veteran-owned small business that is currently working with the VA through uh, what we call CRADA. You're going to hear about that soon. And Polaris Genomics focuses to try to help the VA in a really important area that matters, I know, to our listeners. So we're going to discuss with Charles how he got into serving veterans, as well as a number of issues that he's learned along the way and lessons he's learned along the way, some of them not easy lessons about how you can actually serve the VA and serve other veterans. So Ron, I'm going to turn it over to you so we can get started. Great. Thank you, David, and thank you, Charles, for uh, participating in this podcast. Our our first question for you, Charles, is how did you decide to get involved with your business and offer services to the VA? And secondly, if you can give our audience a little bit of information about what is indeed genomics. Well, first of all, I appreciate the invitation to join you today, particularly Dr. Shilkin, who we've been working with for, for a little bit of time here. So our company, let me start with what our company does. So we're a genomics company, obviously, and what we're, what we're trying to do is we're commercializing a genomic-based test to help risk stratify individuals who are high risk for post-traumatic stress disorder and other mental health conditions. And so in terms, so I'll start with genomics. Essentially, it's, it's a field of, of biology to, to study genes, essentially is, is a field of genomics. And if you look at a gene, I kind of compare it almost to like, to Lego building blocks. It's sort of the building blocks to, to life. And genomics essentially is breaking down that genetic material so you can research and understand it and, and actually putting it back together so that you can create new breakthrough technologies, whether it's in pharmaceuticals and uh, diagnostics and different areas like that. So it's a very, very exciting field. It's only been over the last couple decades or so that we've sequenced the human genome. So with that, my interest in working with the VA basically stems from the fact that I'm a veteran. I retired in 2018, served 23 years in the service between the Air Force and the uh, U.S. Public Health Health Service. I've been on plenty of deployments, but it was a specific deployment following the 9-11 attacks. I deployed with a team, a medical team, the Ground Zero, and then I was a, served as a preventive medicine officer. It was my job to protect my team from the environmental hazards of the site. Uh, what struck me was the mental health ramifications of that incident and how it impacted the first responders and the community. And as you know, that event kicked off 20 years of war where PTSD and traumatic brain injury have been sort of the signature wounds of those wars. So it's 
that's something that's very important to me. And Charles, there's no doubt that treating and finding ways to help, particularly veterans with PTSD, is really important. So thank you for your commitment to that. Now, when you were in serving, particularly in the Air Force, but also in, in the public health service, what type of work were you doing? And were you involved in working with veterans with traumatic brain injuries and PTSD? Yeah. So early in my career, so I'm an engineer. Most of my experience is in biomedical engineering, but my degree is in environmental engineering. I went to the Air Force Academy. So that's the type of work I did in the Air Force. And essentially what we would do is we would walk into hazardous environments and we would assess those hazards and how it could impact human health and design controls in order to mitigate or prevent disease in, in, in people. So I left that position, transferred to the U.S. Public Health Service, and ended up working at the FDA for a number of years, working in medical devices. I was a chief of neurology devices towards the end of my career at the FDA, and eventually went back to the Department of Defense, working for the Defense and Veterans Brain Injury Center, which is now called the TBI Center of Excellence. I served as a, as a chief of staff. So that organization, I was there for about five years, and we we essentially ran DOD's I would say clinical research around traumatic brain injury. And you probably know this, but PTSD and traumatic brain injury, they, they go together quite often. So that was an experience where we worked very closely with the VA. We had 22 sites around the country where we we're doing clinical TBI clinical research to include a military and VA polytrauma centers. So this is Ron again. Hello. What was your experience like the first time you obtained your first VA contract? What was the experience? What was the process? And how do you feel? about going through that? Well, let me, let me clarify. We're still working on that. <laughs> we, <laughs> as, as, doc, as Dr. Shilkin mentioned, we were able to establish a collaborative research and development agreement with, with the VA right before COVID hit the U.S. Uh, fairly hard. So the VA needed rightfully to prioritize to ensuring that the health of, of veterans in terms of COVID and the impact was, was reduced. However, now it, it appears things are opening back up in terms of other types of research to include PTSD. And we're exploring a number of opportunities to work with the VA at this time. So we're very excited about uh, 2022 and we're feeling very good about our prospects of work, working closely with the VA. Now we, we are working with DOD which is very exciting. We just got a, an SBIR with the Air Force. We're doing some collaborative research with the Army. We're working with the Canadian military. So we definitely believe the VA is an important piece of that puzzle and the work that we're doing. So Charles, first of all, congratulations on that. I think, as you know, the government's filled with acronyms. So you mentioned CRADAs and you mentioned SBIRs. Do you want to just explain a little bit how a small company, veteran-owned small company like yours, can use either an SBIR or CRADA to help it prove its case to the government and get additional work? Yeah, particularly for a startup, these are great opportunities for, for what we call non-dilutive funding. As opposed to going out and, and raising money from an investor, the government has these opportunities for you to essentially, for them to fund some of your research, particularly if it's an area that they're interested in. As long as what you're doing aligns with the goals of that organization, whether it's the Air Force or the VA, typically they will open up opportunities for you to apply for SBIRs. The CRADA, specifically when it comes to the VA, they have a, a fantastic program, uh, specifically VHA, Veterans Health Administration, has a program called the Innovation Ecosystem, who we had to work with in order to establish that CRADA. And that organization is, is designed to bring in new technologies into the VA from the private sector, particularly working with, with startups. 
So I think these types of programs within the government uh, in terms of innovation are tremendous. And it gives companies like ours an opportunity to work with you know, one of the largest organizations in the, in the world, whether it's DOD or VA. In reading through some of your information, it seems as talented you are and experienced as you are, one of the most important skills you bring is patience. Patience to get... <laughs> Maybe maybe some of the your colleagues with small businesses that are listening to this, perhaps you can give them a little advice about the process. Oh, absolutely. So as someone who has been on the other side, worked within the federal government, one of my co-founders, Dr. Tashaka Cunningham, he actually worked for the VA for almost a decade. And we it's still not an easy process to navigate. You, you really have to understand who are the program managers within the VA who are interested in your technology, interested in your business, and making sure that what you do and what you offer aligns with their goals. And, and one of the things I, I like to say is that you are not the hero of the story. So your technology is not the hero. Of the, you're not coming in to save the day. There are a number of people, I mean, really sharp, dedicated, passionate people within the VA, for example, who are working in, in mental health. And what we're trying to do is help those individuals as, as best as we can be successful. And so many times you're not introducing something that's foreign or new to the VA. Typically, they have something going on because it's such a huge organization that aligns with what you're doing, particularly in our case, mental health. And you just need to find the right people so that they can, you know, so that you can serve them and champion their cause. So again, I, I would say patience and realizing that you're just there to assist and support. And it's the people who are working in the VA every day to serve veterans. They're the heroes that we're trying to serve. Charles, I have to agree with Ron that you are remarkably patient and you don't sound frustrated, but here, <laughs> here you are you know, working to try to really help your fellow veterans, really supporting the VA, and yet it's not been easy. So what keeps you going? Why do you, why do you stay so dedicated to this mission? And why do you think the VA needs your help? Yeah, well, this, you know, this is an important mission. So whether you're talking about the VA DOD and, and really is, you know, when you look at mental health and PTSD, it's not just a veteran or a military service member issue. It's, it's become, particularly in light of COVID, a, a global public health issue. And, and there's a lot more tension that I think that's coming into, into mental health. And so what drives me is, first of all, we know there's a huge unmet need in this area. What we're trying to do is provide better tools for the clinician who are on the front lines trying to treat veterans and, and individuals suffering from mental health conditions. So from my perspective, that is a very noble mission of those in the VA working on that mission. And, and we're here aligned for that same mission. So my entire career has been around helping uh, service members and, and veterans. And, and that's something that I wanted to continue to do after I retired. So it's, it's, so far as I'm concerned, it's a privilege for me to be part of this company, to be part of the team that I've built, and for us to be working to move mental health therapy and diagnostics further. So that's what keeps me going. Is And then I'll say the last thing, just in general, me individual, I just like solving difficult problems. <laughs> so maybe it's the engineering me, but the bigger the problem, the, the more interesting it is. And maybe I'm a, a little bit bullheaded. I will keep working on something until I get a breakthrough. Well, Charles, uh, we're just 
about out of time. I think your comments and your journey is inspiring, but also educational and informative to your colleagues out there, again, looking to break into assisting the VA and through contract generation. David, any last thoughts before we complete our podcast? Yeah, Charles, I do want you to try to answer the question. Why is it important that you be successful? In other words, if you are able to find a test that can identify patients who have PTSD or are at risk for having PTSD, why will that make a difference to veterans? Absolutely. First of all, whenever I answer this question, you have to also keep in mind that there's a lot of smart people who have been working on different types of solutions for for years, particularly when it comes to reducing suicide rates in, in veterans, decreasing the negative outcomes related to mental health. And unfortunately, we have a healthcare system. What I like to describe is we many times wait for the patient to fall off the cliff, and then you have the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff waiting to help. Sometimes you have a hearse, unfortunately, and and sometimes there's a police car at the bottom of that cliff. And the technology that that we're developing, we believe is going to be important with putting up some warning signs and guardrails at the top of that cliff. So you can assist with early therapy, early intervention to make sure that veteran doesn't fall off that cliff. And as they're going down the cliff, they're dealing with alcoholism, substance use disorder, broken relationships, and unfortunately, at times, it's, it's suicide. So it's very important that we get technologies out there so that we can start changing the direction of the, of the, of the trend and the curve when it comes to conditions like PTSD and, and suicide. So that's what we're striving for. Great. Charles, what I love about you and what I love about veterans is is that even after you've served, you continue to want to help and to continue to serve. So you have our admiration and thank you for joining us on the Eisner Amner podcast today. Thank, thank you. you both gentlemen. Pleasure.